Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Monday Night Therapy. We have a new platform. Uh, we are switching to StreamYard. And this is a brand new platform for Todd. It'll be a bland, brand new platform for us to do live streams. Uh, it's going to take some getting used to, as you noticed. We had a, uh, we had a new intro. And uh, otherwise, it's, uh, we're, just, we're here in June. It's June for crying out loud, and we're doing a live show about college football. That seems a little insane to me. Uh, hello, Linda Wilkins, and James Boardman says, like that opening. Thank you. Uh, what do you think, Todd? Well, I like the new intro, and I'm curious about how this platform is going to work. <laughs> There's more bells and whistles than I've seen before. So, I, I okay, I'm going to take responsibility right now. If it all goes to hell, that means I hit the wrong button. So, okay, we're gonna we're we're gonna start out with uh, let's see here brand. Uh, no, that's the video. Tell us what this is about, Todd. Well, um, Sipple reported today uh, that uh, Matt Rule in an interview or yeah, a interview somewhere that um, in their plans for fall uh, practice. Uh, they're basically going to sequester the entire team uh, in Selick, uh, Selick Hall, right there on campus. And uh, the whole team's going to be together throughout the fall camp. Said the coaches are going to stay there too. Uh, and, you know, as Sipple had in his quote, nobody's going to live in their apartment for 12 days to two weeks. So it's kind of an old school approach, you know, not quite the junction boys. You know, this isn't Bear Bryant taking those Aggies clear out to West Texas and killing them off in the heat and the sun and not giving them any water or anything. I'm sure they'll have water. Um, but I don't, know, it, it's Selick. Selick. Yeah. Didn't I say Selick? Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Selick for like 30, 40 years. Wasn't Selick kind of a, shouldn't it have been torn down decades ago? Or well, something? yeah. Selick's the one right by the union, isn't it? I used to go in there for so. lunch, lunch sometimes because it was, you know, right on campus. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they've remodeled it. It's probably, you know, it's it's it probably has as high of a quality ranking, a rating as Kentucky's dormitories did, where they forced all those visiting teams, you know, to stay during the regional baseball tournament because they were not wise enough to look and see that the entire city of Lexington, Kentucky was being overrun with a music concert and state tournaments and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Linda Wilkins says, Hey John, what's up with your shipping department? Where's my t-shirt? You know what? I, I don't know. I didn't know you didn't receive a t-shirt. Send me an email to, uh, let's see here. Send an email about this to coordination at gmail.com and I'll, I'll look into it and we'll see. We'll see what we can figure out to, about your T-shirt, Linda, because I don't I don't want people to have bad experiences. Now, the, the question I have for everybody that's here on the on the live stream is this. Uh, they're going to spend this time in Selick Hall, which 
I, I assume is up to standards. It's up to date. I don't know. I haven't been there for a very long time. Uh, Todd and I lived in Harper Shram Smith, actually in Shram six. But uh, if you, if you were going to do this, if you were going to have teams sequestered in a, in a dorm for like 12 days, it sounds like these are like team building. This is team building time. I want to know what kind of team building activities you would put the team through besides fall camp. I mean, they consider this part of fall camp. So that that's my question for you guys in the comments. Oh, Linda, I ordered it last night. 469 shipping does not give you overnight shipping. This is true. It is a print on demand and it takes a few days for it to actually be uh, the order to be fulfilled. So, all right. Uh, what's next, Todd? Well, let's, let's kind of hang around the whole football thing here for a while. Um, you know, they announced the, uh, what is it? Not the hall of fame class, but those that are eligible or those, uh, that, uh, will be considered for induction to the hall of fame, the college football hall of fame. And, you know, there's a couple of folks with uh, Nebraska roots uh, or Nebraska connections. Coach Frank Solich, for the first time, appears on the ballot. And um, Shadron State's own Danny Woodhead. Um, what, do you th- what do you think? Is, is, is Frank Solich, is he a Hall of Fame worthy uh, coach or player slash coach? You know, uh, is, does he rate up there with other Hall of Fame coaches? Well, he's up against like nine of the guys. And and I guess if you look at, I mean, he meets the criteria. We're supposed to say yes, because he's our Frank Solich. And I guess if you put in the, you know, but if you, if you include the time he spent with Tom Osborne, I, then yes. I mean, if you let him stand alone on his own coaching, again, he does meet the criteria. I, I did. I thought about that when I, I got the email with the press release and I thought, uh, okay. Uh, is he a hall of fame coach? And when you look at who he's up against, he's up against, uh, oh, come on. I was going to load this in the thing. And I, you know, that's one thing I didn't do. He's up against Mark D'Antonio, who has a 641 win percentage. Frank's win percentage is 631. Now, the one thing I will say for Frank Solich is take his Nebraska experience out of it and just let him stand on what he did at Ohio. And I, you know, he took Ohio from nothing. I mean, Roger, that we went to school with in Nebraska, used to tell me that. Uh, people at the University of Ohio would go to the football games to watch the band and they'd leave at halftime. And Frank Solich showed up there and he made them into a respectable football team. I don't know if he ever won what is the Mac. I don't think he ever won a Mac title, but I mean, he did take Iowa from crap and made them respectable and won bowl games for him. And I think he's a legend at Ohio. So I guess, you know what? Honestly, if you were an Ohio University person, you'd probably say, yeah. Absolutely, Frank belongs in the Hall of Fame. He's up against Ralph Regan at Maryland, who went 600. Uh, Larry Blakeney at Troy. Jim Carlin. Pete Cawthorn Sr., who coached in 1923 to 1927 and coached at Texas Tech from 1930 to 1940. Daryl Rogers and then Tommy Tuberville. Now, if you're going to ask me against, am I going to put him ahead of the coaches that I know, which is Tommy Tuberville? That'd be yes. Uh, put him again ahead of Ralph Regan. I, you know what? Ralph Regan fi- finished at 600. He was one of the only guys that took Maryland to rec- respectability. Uh, put him ahead of Mark D'Antonio. I think I'd actually probably put Mark D'Antonio ahead of Frank. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I, you know, when I think Hall of Famers, and it's not that I'm trying to be a jerk or a prick here, but, you know, Hall of Fame coaches are those that um, have their teams competitive at the highest levels. And, you know, there's no disputing the fact that Frank Solich, you know, he, he reinvented himself. 
after he, you know, was uh, shown the door at Nebraska, unfortunately shown the door at Nebraska. Uh, he built a very strong, successful program at Ohio. He took them to levels that um, Ohio had never seen before. But, you know, uh, you know I, I, I do understand the College Hall of Fame has a lot more people um, in it than the NFL Hall of Fame. I, I get that, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But I don't know. I'd question whether or not he's a Hall of Fame coach. I think he's near and dear to a lot of people, but yeah. James Marshall says his team's blocked. <laughs> it's just about as simple a comment as you could make well, about why he should, you know what I mean? We haven't about. seen a whole lot of that since. So. No. Uh, no. No. <sighs> So, Wait a minute. What about Danny Woodhead? Danny Woodhead should get uh, first ballot. I mean, he should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think Danny would. He just be boom. Yeah, I think he should be in there. I mean, you know, he is he is a small school phenom, and you know, you can't you can't ignore those guys. Uh, and the fact that he went and had you know a, a successful professional career um, that's worth noting as well. Um, so yeah, I. There's a great story with Danny Woodhead, and I would I would hope that he that he makes the Hall of Fame, make everybody back out in Western Nebraska really happy. So, oh, um, you know what? They, you know who else is on this list that I didn't mention in the article I made that I wrote today? Alan Zickmund. Alan Zickman coached at Nebraska Kearney from 1955 to 1971, and his teams won 11 conference titles. Nine of his players were named NAIA All-Americans, and 67 made All-Conference. Alan Zickman is a member of the NAIA Hall of Fame, so there's another guy from Nebraska there. Yeah, didn't realize that. Didn't. I'm not familiar with Alan. Now, for a profile for Danny Woodhead, it says uh, three-time first-team All-American, finished his career as college football's all-time rushing leader with 7,962 yards. And when they say all-time rushing leader, they mean in all divisions. Yeah. Uh, Two-time Harlan Hill Trophy recipient, holds nearly every rushing all-purpose record in D2 RMAC, that's their conference, and Shadron State Annals. It's kind of a weird word to use there. But, I mean, I, he did – I mean, he just destroyed uh, – he destroyed uh, – he destroyed everybody he came up against pretty much. I mean, 7,900 yards for your college career, I think they would just uh, go kaboom. And uh, Danny Woodhead's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right. What else? Um, well, you know, with as far as Nebraska football is concerned, you know, we talked a little bit about the fall camp. Um, you know, Danny Kalen, I think we mentioned this last week, you know, is, uh, was is a participant in that Elite 11 um, uh, try not tryout, but that camp, the Elite 11 camp. Um, I don't know. I just saw this before uh, we went on the, you know, we started streaming here. Uh, Malachi Coleman was on the Kelly Clarkson show today with uh, with his parents and uh, talking about his uh, nonprofit, his foundation, you know, that he's set up uh, to support, you know, foster kids and, and the families and stuff. And uh, Kelly Clarkson, with one of her sponsors or one of the, her benefactors, uh, they contributed fifteen thousand uh, dollars to his foundation, which I think is pretty cool. Um, you know, I hope Malachi Coleman. You know, uh, he's athletic. We know he's athletic, um, just crazy athletic. And I hope that he, uh, you know, turns himself into a, a quality Division One player. And because uh, he's got such a good backstory, it, it would be really, really cool because he's got such a good backstory. I'm more selfish than you. <laughs> I hope he turns himself into an all-American, all-team player. So, because we, we win shit tons of games, Todd. Come on. Well, what about me. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> and then uh, we had, I, you know, 
Where where'd the term Moby Dick weekend come from? We had a Moby Dick weekend. We had a bunch of Moby Dicks. We had a bunch of Moby Dicks. Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask Akalo why he used that term, but. Well, I suppose Wales. Um, it's a good thing Fred Sacco is not here yet because he he'd probably just destroy that. Uh, but uh, apparently, uh, you know, for all the recruit nicks out there, uh, they had nine pretty high powered people on campus uh, with their official visits. Um, nearly all of them were from well, all of them except for two were from either Florida or Texas. Um, they brought in a bunch of defensive backs, uh, Peyton Morgan from, uh, Pflugerville, Texas. I think Pflugerville, that's one of the coolest names of a town I've ever heard. Pflugerville. Um, but he's a four-star recruit. Uh, Mario Buford, uh, is the brother of Marcus Buford. He's a four-star D-back and he's from DeSoto, Texas. Um, they brought in this guy named William Speedy Nettles from Florida. He's a three-star athlete that has had a lot of success as a wide receiver in high school, but apparently people seem to think that he'll get uh, put on the other side of the ball. Uh, Amari Saunders, another defensive back, three-star from Miami. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, Jakery, uh, Jakery. Jacory. Jacory. Yeah, Jacory Barner, wide receiver, four-star from Florida. So, you know, they brought, they did bring in a kid from Omaha, uh, a 6'5", 300-pound offensive lineman, Caleb uh, Pyform. I don't know if that's how you say it, if that's how you pronounce it. Pyform, Pi um, he's from Omaha Central. Uh, he's getting a lot of national attention. Boy, you know, you want to keep a 6'5", 300-pounder that's uh, 45 minutes away, you want to keep him in state. So, um, you know, hopefully – they get some commits out of this. Uh, you know, some of the pundits that seem to know a lot more about recruiting than I do said they expected a few commits this weekend, but I, I haven't seen any. Well, it's, you know, it's June. It's the June before their senior year, right? That would seem to be early to me. I don't Doesn't know. It? Well, that's not signing your name on the line. Hell well, that's true. That's true. You held. You have plenty of time to do. I would play hard to get. That's what I would do. You would play hard to get. I would play hard to get. You know why I would play hard to get, Todd? Why? Why would you play hard? To because get? because I've really never been hard to get in my entire life. <laughs> There's never been anything really like, oh, I get to play hard to get this. There's never been any asset I've had that I could use against people. <laughs> they would just go, hey, we have free beer. Oh, shit, my kryptonite. And then I'd run over there. Uh, anyway, oh, Linda Wilkins says, with your looks. I, ooh, woo. <laughs> okay. We get we have the Moby Dick recruiting re weekend recovered. Recover. Okay, I I'll move on. What's next? What's next? We're gonna be done in twenty We're, minutes. We, yeah, we are. You know what is missing off of this thing? What is missing? What is missing is the the timer that I used to have right like right up here in the right up here right up it's in the a, corner. It's above then, your head, John. And to it used to. Right. And it used to tell me how many minutes we were into this thing so that we would know, you know, segments and shifts. That's the one thing. We that are I'm... 18 minutes and 38 seconds. Oh, my God. Right there it is. <laughs> They're above you. <laughs> right where I was pointing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yet I didn't see any of you guys come up with team building activities you could do in a dorm. I think they'll play telephone. What the hell is the hell is that? I, I should know what this is, but. Or you sit in a circle and you tell somebody, you whisper a story and then it goes around the circle and then you see what it comes, you know, after it goes through about eight people, how the story comes out. Haven't you ever played telephone? 
I I lost a lot of my memories. I think that <laughs> they're gonna go bowling. They're gonna play tug of war out there in front of the union. You know, they're gonna be out there without their shirts on, you know, so that people are walking by in the evening and seeing all those young studs out there pulling on a rope, having a good time. Uh, Linda Wilkins says, is that like spin the bottle? You know, that's what I thought when he said that I asked chat GPT to come up with some things that they could do for team building activities. When no, you didn't. I did too. I put it in the article on coordination. Uh, number one, it said escape room challenge. I, I wouldn't I don't, want to lose any of these guys. I don't know how you would do that in a dorm. Well, they'll take them off campus and do some of that kind of stuff, don't you think? Well, I was thinking about, you know, the dorm. They, they're they sequestered from, you know, kind of like nuns. Hidden Peanut. away from society. <laughs> scavenger hunt. A scavenger hunt, Todd. You could find the missing footballs. Every 20-year-old really looks forward to a scavenger hunt. A do-it-yourself cooking competition. These are chat GPT (laughs) suggestions. You know what the problem with that is, Todd, is I just have to ask this. uh, Can they have hot plates? Because, I mean, you know, back when we were in the dorms, you could have all the sex and drugs you wanted, but you really couldn't have a hot plate. They got really angry about your hot plates. You could have a popcorn popper. And remember when Kurt used to use the popcorn popper and he'd saute his mushrooms? Yes. (laughs) Board game night. They could play Settlers of Catan. Huh? You're going to tell me that's like a popular board game, huh? It is a board game. I'm not very good at it, but it is a board game. It's Uh, where you, I won't go into it. Uh, Apparently, uh, here's here's one from ChatGPT. It says that there's a a board game named Pandemic. How about this board game? (laughs) Roger says the board game, hot volleyball players. They could have a movie night. A movie night. Movie night. Heidi and I watched Charlie Wilson's War Sunday night. That was pretty good. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. Uh, A talent show. They could have a talent show. What kind of talents do you think our football team would have at a talent show? Well, I think they're singers. I'm sure they think they're singers. What, what else do you do at a talent show if you don't sing? Tap dance, magic, <laughs> stand-up comedy, aerial aerial acrobatics. You have those big, long pieces of cloth, and you wrap yourself in it, and you climb up, and you fall like you're going to hit the ground. You put together a choir, and you sing. Pole you know, dancing? Pole dancing? Pole dancing, yeah. Is that a talent? Okay. You might see some pole dancers. So. And the the last, I left one out on on chat GPT because it just seems ridiculous. (laughs) Kind of like the pandemic. I want to know, is there a pandemic board game? Is there really honestly a pandemic board game? Cirque de Runza. I like that. Roger, Roger's firing on all cylinders tonight. Cirque de Runza. Yeah. Oh, my God. There is a pandemic board game. I don't know what that's about. Uh, the last the last one was community service. They could get together and go out and do a community service. They'll do something like that. They'll do that. They'll go out and do something in the community. I'll bet you. I'll bet uh, you. Afa Free says, hate the new format. Where are the comments from the audience? They are many, many times more entertaining than yours. Kapow. Uh, Afa, you probably, you know what? Look us up on YouTube. I I honestly am getting to the point with this thing where I'm just going to stream this on YouTube because it's, it's, um, I don't think it works as well. I didn't think it worked as well with the other one on Facebook. 
uh, we will put a notice on Facebook, but we might just switch this to YouTube only just because I don't know. Because of that, I thought the comments would be showing up. I think on YouTube, they just show up in a live chat area. And YouTube is really set up and they've been doing this for a very long time. Uh, okay, we should, you, uh, okay, we got that subject. Let's move into the whole volleyball thingy. They're, okay. Um, you know, Volleyball Day in Nebraska, they announced last week that they're going to release some some additional tickets. So if you didn't get your tickets, um, you have a chance to get them. And um, I, I, I was disappointed. I They announced, you know, the, uh, the concert entertainer today, Scotty McCreary. Now, I remember, you know, when Scotty McCreary was on American Idol, I, I think I, I think I voted for him. Um, but. I expected Taylor Swift and, you know, if I don't, I, I mean, come on, it's, it's women, it's celebrating women, celebrating, you know, the best of Nebraska. And, and we got Scotty McCreary. Is, is Scotty McCreary not good? No, he's all right. He's kind of a, he's kind of a B-list country singer. Yeah. My 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 knowledge of country sing country uh, country and western actually stopped probably about nineteen seventy eight. <laughs> well, you know if if I I can't believe you know if they couldn't get Taylor Swift, you know I I'm, I'm serious. I thought it would be celebrate. Fe- well, how about JoJo Siwa? You know, there's a Nebraska female. Is that who I think it is? No. I, what about I, Scotty McCreary? Can you can you sing a song he he did? No, he's got a really deep voice. Yeah, he sang the national anthem at the Northwestern game. So I oh, he did sing that. So I mean, he's been on campus. Yeah, Linda Linda Wilkins is right. He has a very deep voice. So, so he wouldn't sing. Uh, they say don't go on Wolverton Mountain. He might. If you're looking for a wife. I, I think. As pretty young daughter. That, that, that's pretty old. We're at 27 minutes, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens in June. This is what happens in June. There's been no arrests, so we don't have a lot of stuff going on. Uh we, the volleyball wait, teams in Brazil. The bra- yes, they are. And they, they are slaughtering everybody they're contacting. That sounds yeah. horrible. They are slaughtering the, the teams they're playing. So and, what do we have here? We have, uh, I think, three sweeps by the volleyball team over teams that I will butcher their names and pronouncing. Uh, the the Minas Tinas club okay just not do that anymore nebraska mckenzie u19 they swept them the dentil prea clube they swept them they swept everybody in brazil okay well, yeah i think they were going to go up you know they were doing some service stuff too service projects and they were headed to rio so you know um what i what i thought was pretty cool is, you know, just reading the little updates, um, they're playing everyone. And, and I mean, you would. I mean, if you're going to do that, you're not going to not play people. But you know, they're talking about this freshman class. And holy moly, I mean, you know, they're, they're playing really, really solid. So it could be exciting times for the volleyball team in the fall. If they come back from Brazil healthy since they're down in the Amazon with more life forms than any other place in the planet and more poisonous plants and animals than anywhere else in the planet. Okay. This was from a while ago, a comment from MK that said, what's your reaction to the AAU adding Miami, Notre Dame, Arizona state Riverside. And I assume George George Washington. Washington. What's your reaction, Todd? Well, my first question is, is, is the AAU still relevant? 
And, you know, I, I'm, I'm only throwing that question out there because I, you know, I don't know. I don't pay that much attention to uh, academia at that level. Um, but I do know, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised that Notre Dame hasn't been part of a, the AAU. Um, yeah. Arizona State is more than a party school, folks. They, it's, it has turned into a, a very strong institution as has Miami. Um, you know, they've, they've invested um, in those colleges and, uh, you know, they've brought in high level faculty. Uh, you know, I tell you what, uh, I don't know anything about Riverside and I don't know that much about George Washington either, I guess. But um, I, I guess on the flip side of that, you know, Iowa State just opted out of being in the AAU. And there were some people who said um, they were just, you know, trying to, they were getting out before they got sent out or something like that. Um, yeah. I, you know what? I, I have a take on this. I, I know that people for years have brought up the AAU when it comes to Big Ten, uh, the Big bad. Ten, you know, membership. And here's what I'd say about that is that that's in the past. It doesn't matter anymore. And the reason why it doesn't matter anymore is, is this. Throughout our entire careers, our entire lives, we, you have seen people who were critics of college football. You were seeing a lot of academics who were kind of prominent or at least had a voice and that they didn't like how big football was on their campuses. They didn't like how big college sports had become. Uh, they didn't like all the money that was being paid to coaches and all the money that was being spent on the facilities. Uh, where are those people now, Todd? Tell me. They're, they're gone. They don't exist. Can you think of anybody that's been critical of big-time college sports in, like, let's say, the last five years? Yeah, you still have the Drake group and Condoleezza Rice and some of those <laughs> that want to reform it. They just uh, and and out at the Aspen Institute, there have been some think tanks, you know, that they, they just haven't been very public recently. Um, but they, nobody uh, listens to them. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. No, nobody has a voice. We don't have a, I don't know who is it, Gordon G or some freaking guy. Somebody. We don't have a prominent voice out there that's saying anything about how big college athletics is. And I think the reason for this is honestly because a lot of these universities are in trouble. They're in trouble with falling uh, enrollment. They're in trouble with their budgets. They've hired way too many administrators that they don't know what to do with. Uh, the cost of tuition has gone up. Students are looking at this more and more and saying, why do I need a college degree? And at the same time, their athletic department budgets are going are way up. And I think they look at it and they go, we we care about this being almost a semi-professional or almost a professional league anymore. We would like to see us make as much money as possible for football so that we can pay for all the athletic department stuff. And our academic side doesn't take a hit from the budget from schools that are mismanaging their athletic budgets. But, John, so you go down that road, you can extrapolate it a little bit further. Maybe you got to take a little right-hand turn. But how do you have a university unless you have an academic program? And, and I guess where I'm headed with that is, you're, you know, colleges and universities in some way, shape, or form are subsidizing these massive athletic departments. And yet the business structure, the business model, for four-year colleges and, and universities is broken. And, you know, I, you read it all the time about how enrollment is declining. Um, you know, the percentages of kids that find jobs in their major when they graduate from a four-year college or university is well below 50%, more like in that, you know, 30 to 40% at the most. And so, you know, things are broken and people are starting to question, you know, what it, it's expensive to go to college. And people are starting to really question, why would I go to a four-year college or university when, you know, I can go to a trade school or I can go to a community college. And right now in the skilled trades, 
which is the catchphrase, you can make a lot of money and they're putting together benefit packages that used to be exclusive for the white collar crowd. So I guess my biggest fear, and we, you know, we, we were popping off on Slate the other, or Slack the other day, you know, where Cal, Cal Berkeley has right. over $400 million deficit in their athletic department, $400 million. Now that's in large part because of some, you know, updates and upgrades that they've made to their stadium. But how do you cope with a $400 million deficit? I, I don't get it. Well, I, Kevin said it was because of bonds. They, they just sell bonds kind of like yeah. you're building a building and or doing something, you sell bonds, but how do you cope with that? You get a good back 12 TV contract <laughs> or you join the big 10. And that's why I think the, I think the whole AAU thing with the big 10 is it's not, it's not relevant anymore. Is it relevant to the big 10 academics? Yes, it is because a lot of money goes into AAU for research stuff and research grants, you know, and if you're a member of that, it supposedly gets shared. And I don't think that that's honestly, I think that that's more of a, I don't think it's as true as much as everybody thinks. I don't it, put it this way. If I was a professor at economics at the University of Minnesota Scar Carlson School of Management, somebody gave me a grant. I'll be damned if I'm sharing it with them sons of bitches at Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> right. So but I, I do think that a lot of this is right now the universities don't care as much that their their college football programs are just becoming, well, giant capitalistic whores. Well, and I tell you what, it, it'll be interesting to see in the next four or five years with the arms race that's going on. I still maintain that in my lifetime, we will see a super conference or a super league that will involve 32 teams or in that ballpark, uh, college football teams. And it'll be out of the hands of the NCAA or any other kind of oversight. Um, and they'll be truly a minor league program, I, you know, but and I'm not in favor of that at all. So let me ask you this. Wade Barr says, what is your what what is your ideas on president, the president being charged of sports at the University of Nebraska? Um, I honestly have not paid that close of attention to this right now. Um, you know, Trev Albert, you see, this is what's a little bit of a mystery to me. Trev Albert has, you know, doesn't he have like a vice president? Um title uh, beyond being an athletic director. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little bit leery of giving the president control over the athletic department, but I think, I think the idea here is that the board of regents would assume more control, which but, is because scary. Part, yeah, it is scary. And the reason why it's scary is because they're elected, right? The board of regents. Yeah. It's a very, well, it's a very political organization. Yeah. They're, they're, poli they're politicians. And I just, here's the thing. When you get any board in charge of anything, boards kind of all stick together. And what they do is they stick together and they cover each other's asses. So a lot of times when you get a board in charge of every, anything, nobody's really at fault. And the thing about having a president or having a chancellor in charge of sports, if they really fuck it up that badly, you can just fire them and get another one. And it's not even that hard. But if you get a board in charge of things, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't it doesn't matter that Ted Carter may do a good job. This isn't about Ted Carter. It's not about the incoming guy that's replacing Ronnie Green or whoever that is. It this go once you give a board more power, you can't take it away from the board. That's the thing about this. So you never, I don't, you never want to, I, I don't think you ever want to give boards more power than they already have. It's a lousy, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, for I, the reasons. I, I don't know that it's, I don't, again, I don't know enough about it to speak intelligently. I just, I'm a little bit nervous about it. I, I don't, I, I think you need to, to have some separation there. So um, anyway, you know, there, there's another thing I want to pop up here. And, um, you know, because we've given a lot of uh, time recently to uh, baseball. We are in the regional tournaments. 
And MK points out that Iowa hit 10 batters yesterday, which um, means that they hit more batters in one game than they had passing touchdowns all of last year. Isn't that, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a wonderful yeah. statistic. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I was going to, I wanted to talk a little bit about the front end of that. I'll tell you what, in the Big Ten conference this year, it was, it, it was horrible how many hit batters there were in games. I mean, I, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure if I watched a game from start to finish where at least one guy wasn't hit. And most times there were multiple. I one Nebraska game that I watched, there were six hit batters between the two teams. That's, that's a lot. And I, I don't know. I find that problematic, but Iowa, you know, was in the regional. They went out to Indiana state and uh, they are going home. Indiana state won that regional uh, Indiana went down to Kentucky and Kentucky just beat them. I think the final score might have been four to two today. So Indiana is out. And Maryland um, had to go to number one, Wake Forest. And Maryland put up half as many points as their football team did this year. I mean, it was just crazy. A lot of runs in the, in the tournament out there, but Maryland did not advance. So the Big Ten Conference, the Big Ten Baseball Conference, is finished for the season. Would you have rather Iowa made it to a super regional? No. <laughs> Why? No. Why? Because I, 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 uh, Rick Keller, I, you know, he's outstanding coach, best conference, best coach in the conference, easy. But um, no, I'm not going to cheer for the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> what I think is kind of interesting is that they got knocked out by Indiana State. That's where Rick Keller was the head coach before he went to Iowa. And I thought he was at Northern Iowa. That was before Indiana State. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he was at Indiana State. And now Indiana State, this little um, Summit League team, who, you know, was a 14 seed or something like that, they can't host the Super Regional because they don't meet the hotel requirements. The Indiana Special Olympics are going on in Terre Haute this coming weekend. And they can't meet the hotel requirements. And so it sounds like TCU, who should be going to Terre Haute to play, uh, they're an un, they were an unseated team. Looks like TCU may end up hosting Indiana State. That's, that's a screw job. That's horrible. But that's Texas. Even, even though wasn't there one regional where they uh, they didn't have any hotel rooms within hours? Yeah, that was Kentucky. That was in Kentucky, and so Kentucky arranged for all of the teams, including Kentucky, to stay in dormitories. Did they did did they do any team building activities while they were there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably baked cookies. They probably had a cookie baking contest. Uh, okay. We do we have more starred comments? Let's see here. Yum, 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 yum. Brian Hula says, with regards to the band, they could have at least someone gotten someone who has written a song about Nebraska, like Sawyer Brown. Maybe Scotty McCreary or will write a song about Nebraska before the actual concert happens. Bruce Springsteen wrote a song about Nebraska. You know what I did? You know what I did today, Todd? I signed up for Johnny Apple Gross News. Sang a song about Nebraska. I signed up for Apple News. Apple News? Yeah, I signed up for Apple's premiere, their Apple One thing where you get all their services because I wanted a news app. And what started coming up on the news app is, is music articles. And one of those music articles was about Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska album. Yeah. And how was- that, that, that album is probably it. Uh, it came. Come on, what was the album with Thunder Road on it? Born to Run. Was it Thunder Road? No, maybe not. The River. 
Yeah, they, uh, he did one, and then he did Nebraska, and then his next big one was Born in the USA. Born in the USA, right? Yeah, but that that was after Nebraska. The one before Nebraska was the where one where he started building momentum, and then he puts out Nebraska. And I I don't know if you guys have ever just let me know in the comments. Have you ever heard Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska album? Because it is one dark, dark album. It's about isolation, desperation and murder i mean it, it literally has the song nebraska is about charlie starkweather and uh, carol fugit who went through you know nebraska killing everybody on their way to wyoming where they killed everybody else but it's a uh i don't why did i bring this up well because you mentioned bruce springsteen yeah and so why isn't bruce springsteen Singing at the volleyball thing. I you know? maybe they didn't ask. Well, him. he's touring in Europe. I suppose you know he? he's, he's on a world tour, probably. You know, and I guess Taylor Swift is on a big tour right now too. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Here's maybe one. maybe Scotty McCreary could cover one of Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska songs. We'll move on. <laughs> Wade Farr says, why do the Big Ten suck in baseball? It's because they do not value or prioritize it at the yeah. conference level. John and I and, and Aaron, our baseball writer, we've talked that we're going to try to put together an open letter to the new commissioner of the Big Ten conference. The, the Truth be told, the Big Ten has the resources to put more into baseball. And right. they just need to figure out, they just need to prioritize it as, um, you know, a more important sport. And I think the potential is there. But as I said last week, when you compare the Big Ten uh, to the SEC, <laughs> Nebraska and Indiana are the only two schools that have attendance figures that would get into uh, the, the SEC rankings and the only there's only one SEC team that's below Indiana and that's uh, Mizzou. So, yeah, uh, it, it, they need to prioritize it. James Boardman says, nope, the Springsteen sings like he's mid poop. <laughs> you know, he kind of does. He kind of oh, does. Come on. No. Come on. Yeah. Not everybody into has to win. Tunnel of love. <laughs> into this tunnel of love. Come on up for the rising. Yeah. That's that same kind of push you do. You know, not everybody has to win American Idol to be a, a performer. That's the thing I that's when I look at today's music, I look at like I like pink. And I like Katy Perry, but that's not nobody. That's not current music, John. Well, okay, it, you're right. It isn't, is it? <laughs> okay, it's current enough for me. It's within the last decade they've probably had hits. Okay, what do you want from me? But here's the point: none of these people are musicians anymore. Anymore, they're all just stand up on stage and they perform. They don't actually play. Any, who? What is this generation's Jeff Beck? Who is this generation's Eric Townsend? You know what I mean? Carlos Santana. Well, there's some pretty good guitar players out there. Like who? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. They'd probably be indie guys. You know, the Foo Fighters or somebody like that. <laughs> Linda says, John, do you like Ed Sheeran? Sheeran? Is it Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran, yeah. I, you know, I kind, as long as I don't have to see him because he looks like a fucking hobbit, I think, if that's the guy, right? Is that the guy? He yeah. looks like a hobbit. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I don't have to be reminded like of what he looks like, I, I'll be okay with that. I do like, to, I generally, I listen to indie rock or indie music on whatever. Well, now it's Apple Music. It was Spotify earlier today, and now it's changed over to Apple Music. Uh, Fred Sacco says Todd is scaring me. <laughs> well hey you know and somebody said basically bruce springsteen's over it no he's not bruce springsteen yeah. is the boss always will be the boss and 
uh, don't give me that overrated stuff with Bruce Springsteen. I've seen him twice, and both times he performed four hours. I know four freaking hours. Well, four hours. They say it. You know, he's seventy some years old, and he's putting on three and a half hour shows. I mean, my God. Linda Wilkins said, "So, do you not like redheads?" Uh, no, I like redheads. I just don't like them to look like a hobbit. <laughs> okay. Uh, James Boardman puts the poop emoji up, I suppose, in response <laughs> to the whole Bruce Springsteen um, thing. Oh, I, hey, I do like Jack White. Jack White, he's an incredible musician. And But does Jack White even, is does he qualify as current? I mean, oh, I don't. Who's Jack White? White Stripes. Oh, okay. Guy is an amazing guitar player. Okay, Jack White. Uh, and he is a 12, musician. 12 yeah. Grammy Awards, one sold over 40 million. I was thinking of that other guy that uh, played like Nacho Libre. <laughs> That's Jack Black. You got okay. Jack White and you got Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, what up? We got 10 minutes left. Did we cover our did we cover our list? Well, I don't Polyball in Brazil. Scotty McCrary. Yeah. I think yeah. We, I think we kind of killed it. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that 44 people are 43 now. Oh my god, it's going down. 43 people still signed up, uh, you know, watch the live stream about, well, kind of about Nebraska football on in June because uh, this isn't exactly the time of year for college football. Although, you know what? It's June 5th. We are, the football season is moving closer and closer. And uh, there you go. I don't know where I was going with that. My my wife is going to lose her job at the end of the summer. She is a director of the preschool at our church, and they are closing the preschool at the end of the summer. And last night she said to me, I have 12 weeks left. So I know that I have a countdown built in till college football season. Plus, people will re be reminding us, you know, there's 97, 87 days left and things like that. Um, but do you – are what I don't know where I'm going now. I'm just trying to come up with stuff. Well, I was just answering Fred Sacco. He said volleyball in a Brazilian what? Brazilian steakhouse. Well, come on. What else do you think about when you think Brazil? Steakhouse. You know, there is one thing that is different on this uh, platform is that on the other one, we could reply directly to a user. So Jack the Ripper says, Taylor Swift is a perfect example, I assume, of a person who is a performer, but not necessarily a musician or does magician musician on. You know what I mean? She doesn't play musician stuff on stage. Uh, oh, here's a good one. James Boardman comes up with what's your thoughts on the SEC staying with eight conference games? What They're do you think laughing of that, all the way to the bank. Yeah, they are. They are. You know, I think the thing the thing is, is this is evidence of what works, why change. And it's also evidence of a law of physics. Do you know what the law, of, the first law of physics is? Newton's first law is taught. For every action, there is an equal opposite and opposite. Is that it? I don't think that's the first law. Let's look it up. First law of physics states that an object that rests stays at rest and an object in motion stays in motion with the same speed in the same direction unless acted upon by an external force. And here's how you apply the laws of laws of physics to the SEC staying, <laughs> staying with eight conference games is 
there's no external force to act upon them to do anything different. So the law of physics actually applies in so many different areas in politics or life situations and things like that. There's literally no external force that's going to act upon the SEC to make them go to nine conference games. Because the fact is they play nine conference games. They're going to lose more games and they're going to be much less likely to get as many teams into the college football playoff. And they've been winning the college football playoffs, so why change? Well, you and know? I think they still sell their stadiums out, don't they? Even, you know, I mean, there, there is an issue. And, and if you don't look around at some of the stadiums in the early season in the Big Ten and, and the Big 12, some of those stadiums have a lot of empty seats because they're not playing quality, um, they're not playing quality opponents. At, and who's going to spend that kind of money? You know? God, my mouse. Wade Farr comes back with, I don't understand why Nebraska doesn't prioritize baseball with the World Series in Nebraska. How much money the state loses by Nebraska not making it to the World Series. There seems to be this thing about uh, Nebraska getting in the college World Series. It, it, I think that's – isn't – Finish a sentence. Which is harder, Todd, getting to the Final Four in basketball or getting to the College World Series? Well, there's eight teams that make it to the College World Series, and there's four that make it to the Final Four. So I think it's half as hard, twice as hard. That's, that's what you're going with? <laughs> I don't know what the odds are. <laughs> I think Nebraska does prioritize baseball. I think I they do. I think they do, but they're in a conference that really drags. But I, we've said this before. They're in a conference where teams play such shitty schedules. It doesn't matter if we win or lose to them, really, because our RPI just gets sucked into the fucking toilet. You know, Penn State starts improving their schedule. Northwestern improves their schedule. You know, teams like Purdue play all their games. Don't rely well, on a tarp. You know, there are some things that Nebraska could do to upgrade the program. I mean, uh, Haymarket Park needs a facelift. The The kicker on that is, um, you know, that Nebraska doesn't have sole ownership of that park. Um, you know, quite honestly, I understand that Nebraska's extended with, they've got more than enough going on where they got a lot of money going out. But, um, <laughs> but they, uh, you know, they, they need to upgrade the park. And uh, I think that there might be a few other things. Nebraska could up, upgrade their schedule a little bit. Um, so, but then again, Iowa makes a regional and they played two Division three teams. Division three teams. Matt Hansen on Facebook says, way to own the Frost Advisory shirt. If you're listening to the podcast, Todd, Todd is wearing a Frost Advisory shirt. Matt says he has one too. Do you? Do, you, do we need to worry about you? Are you going to be homeless? You're running out of money? You can't no, I, buy new T-shirts? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I got a stack of T-shirts. I didn't pay any attention to what I put on today. It was red. It was on top. It was close. Yeah, I just reached and grabbed a red shirt. So I... This is Frost's advisory that he's done. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We're, we're getting down to it. Uh, one more comment. James Marshall says, putting Solich in the hall is a statement against Nebraska. What do you think of that? I think he put some plot. Oh my God. I think he put some thought into this question or into this statement. Yeah. You know, you could probably make that argument. I, I'm, I'm past that. I mean, you know, it, it was John, you've said it probably more eloquently than what I'm going to say it. You could not say it eloquently tonight, the way things are going, but um <laughs> You know, Frank Solich was not given a chance to fail. And, right. um, you know, you, you, 
you, you had an egomaniac that decided that he knew better about how to run and manage a football program than, you know, the head coach. And so he, he, he gave him the boot. Um, we, we will never know if Frank Solich would have, uh, if the program would have dropped into mediocrity uh, under his leadership. Um, so, but, you know, I, I, felt, I felt bad at the time uh, that the way he was let go, but by the same token, I was concerned like a lot of Nebraska fans were concerned. Hell, we were all spoiled. We were spoiled yeah. horribly in the 90s. You know? Yep. Uh, David, David Kennedy says John needs to do a podcast about the album Nebraska. You know, we'll finish with a story, a John story. Uh, my mom was a DJ. And mom was a DJ. She played, uh, she started being a DJ in the 60s when she was at a, a sock bop or something they called them then. And some guy, they had a turntable and that they were at the tennis court in Curtis, Nebraska. And he was playing a song and he took the 45, a 45 is a little record about this big, just for you young people. And he was going to turn it over and play the other side. And my mom said, don't do that. And he goes, it sounds the same. It's all the same crap. And she took over the sock hops and she started doing this, the playing the music. By the time I was in high school, mom had about, I don't know, 15,045s and about four or 5,000 albums. We played uh, dance. We played prom dances. We played in bars dances. We played uh, homecoming dances. We played wedding dances. I, you name a dance. We just went out and played dances all over the place. And mom had a, she loved every kind of music. When punk rock came out, she went to, we drove to Lincoln to go to dirt cheap records and she spent $300 on punk rock records and some of the most vile music you can imagine. My mother bought all that stuff. So music was a huge thing. It's been a huge thing. I never learned how to play an instrument. I never really learned how to sing. I don't think people need that. But uh, I do have a vast you know, knowledge of music. Unfortunately, the country part and Western, the country and Western part, stopped existing for me probably about a long time ago just because i mean come on they don't there's no twangy they don't play steel guitars that much anymore how can you have country and western music without steel guitars <sighs> james boardman says dead kennedys uh roger moore sid vicious and linda wilkins says good night john and todd Highways jammed with broken heroes on a last chance Howard Drive. <laughs> that was the best part of that is it was in tune. <laughs> oh my oh. god. I wait, Fred Sacco says, whoop. I didn't I clicked on it. Fred Sacco says, John sings Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. We need this. Not tonight, you don't. I can barely speak English, for God's sakes. Uh, Weather comes on from the Chippewa on down from the big glass. They call it Shigumi. Get Shigumi. never gives up her dead. With the gals of November came early. <laughs> Is this when they make the Wreck of the Ed Edmund Fitzgerald <laughs> the musical? The That's musical is <laughs> Mike no. Schuster said, Todd, what does your shirt say? Frost advisory. Uh, yeah. Brian Bauer says that the bars and Curtis have the band stage protected by chicken wire. <laughs> you know, I don't. <laughs> yes. I don't they really... did. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I I don't think we pl actually played in Curtis all that much. We played in towns. I remember we would go to towns all around us. I remember I, you played at Maywood one night. No, that yeah we did. We played wedding dances at Maywood. Uh, let's see. What do I here? Here I'll tell you a very specific story. There is a song called. You can go out on YouTube and look up this song. It's called Billy Idol's Children of the Sun. 
And that song would start out with this guitar, this drum thing going on, and it was in stereo and would go back and forth between the speakers. So if we were in a hall, you'd have this bang, 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 bouncing all around the place. And what would happen is this. I was in charge of setting up the music, and we had two very large, at that time, massive speakers that literally you could have turned this volume up, and the entire town of Curtis, not a very big town, uh, could have heard them. They, they were massive. I was in charge of setting up all the equipment. Mom would play most of the records unless she needed a break, and then I'd play records for a while. But we would start out like an hour before, and I'd say, we need to check the sound here and make sure everything's right. And I'd put on Billy Idol's Children of the Sun, and it would be banging all around the place. And James Boardman says, amazing headphone song. That is true if you want to listen to it on YouTube. I don't know if it's in stereo on YouTube, but it'll bang back and forth in your head. But I remember one night we played at like North Platte, like some fancy golf place or country club or some damn thing. It was a really nice place. I'm like 15, 16 years old. Mom leaves for a little bit because that's what she did on purpose. And she left me up there and she says, get the sound right. And I start playing Billy Idol. And of course, the bar is just, you know, not very far away. We're in this big ballroom type thing. And these people walk in from the bar because they hear us and they look up and they see some 15 year old kid playing this music way too loud. And they're kind of pissed off about it because they're like, what's who's this fucking kid doing this? Why is this kid up here on stage playing this shit? And really, this is how we started attracting people to get, you know, there's going to be a dance and there's going to be a gathering. And of course, mom would run in after these guys are starting to get angry at me. And she would come in and go, oh, oh, oh this is my son. I'm Lexi. I'm the DJ you hired. Of course, they'd look at mom. Well, she was freaking 60. And they'd look at both of us and there'd be my really old mom and really young me. And they'd go, what the fuck are we get ourselves into? And then that's how we'd start everything. But mom always did that as part of a setting up the stage for the show to start and people, they, you know, we would make a commotion and then people would start gathering and then they'd have fun because mom was really good at it. And she knew her, uh, she knew her music. There's my story for the night. All right. That's it. Uh, we got anything else? I don't have anything else. Uh, I talked, I talked too much. I need to go lay down now. I got the vapors. <sighs> Plus, it's hot in here. I can't run a fan while we're on this thing. I need to find a quiet fan. Maybe something that blows up so my hair just goes like this constantly. <laughs> we're going to have to worry. Wow, Husker Bob says there's nothing fancy in North Platte. I, I believe this. Uh, all right, that's it. We're over our hour, and we always say that we're going to go an hour. And we, you know what? Thank you all for showing up on a June Monday night. For your therapy, Linda Wilkins says, is this meeting over? Yes, it is. So good night, Todd. Good night, John.